Hey, everybody, this is a preview of today's members episode. If you want to hear the whole thing, head on over to theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button, and become a member today. Merkel Media. So I've been down and look, and I saw this Toyota Corolla-sized car. The majority of the car was in my yard. I was kind of just staring at it, and the dome light in the car was on, but they were turned completely around. And I was staring at them, and it wasn't until uh, like a few seconds of staring at them that I noticed that someone was standing in my yard. The light was behind this person, so I didn't know if we were locking eyes, but I felt like we were like locking eyes. I called my husband and told him, and he came right home from work. And I'm like, if it happens again, I'll just shoot them. Um, It's probably about two or three days later, and it happened again. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand, and he's running really fast. And spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody else, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blow his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling it. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touch air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Welcome to the show, everybody listening to The Confessionals Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Merkel. Thanks for being here. If you have a crazy, wild experience you want to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is contact at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's contact at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section and you can reach me that way as well. Either works for me, just get a hold of me. If you haven't checked out Merkel.media's films, Go to Merkel.media and check out the films. We got Expedition Dogman and The Shape of Shadows. And the third documentary is literally right around the corner. As soon as I have more details to share with you, I will share it. But if you haven't seen the first two, go ahead and check them out at Merkel.media. If you hear any construction sounds during this recording, it's because we are building a office for Jack in the back. And they are working feverishly on getting the walls up and getting it all together. So young Merc has a new workspace that is not the studio. All right. Today we have... Abigail coming on the show, and Abigail, she has a heater of the story. She's going to start us out 
with her childhood where she had a Bigfoot encounter. And this is a very unique Bigfoot encounter because not only was she stalked by this thing on a family vacation in the woods, but she believes this thing helped her find her way back to the cabin because she was straight up lost. Then later on in life, she comes on to talk about her experiences in this house that she was having where it seemed very paranormal. She had these paranormal experiences happening, things appearing, things moving around, sounds, doors slamming. But it kind of takes a weird turn because then all of a sudden these people started showing up to her house outside the house, parked out in front, walking up to her windows when her husband was working at night. It was very strange, peculiar stuff where she was actually calling the police. But then it turns out that when these people were showing up, when they installed video cameras, the security stuff, the security cameras started shorting out as these people approached the house, leaving you wonder, what are these people really doing at the house and who are they? And then as they were approaching the house, things were appearing in the house, leaving us to believe that these might have been some kind of interdimensional gang stalkers. So let's get to Abigail and her experiences right now. All right, today we have Abigail on the show. Abigail, how are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Good, I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad we're chatting. Uh, before we started talking, you were sharing with me the, uh, well, I mean, I, I think it actually happens more often than not, but the way your grandparents passed away so close to each other, um, a lot of times I, I, I hear stories like that, and people, it, it seems like sometimes when people are married for such a long time, when one goes, the other one follows pretty quickly. And it's like, it's literally like one of those things where, you know, the idea of two becoming one, when the one dies, it's like you're, you're operating at half power now. And it, it it's, it's, it's kind of hard to keep going. Uh, my grandparents, I didn't tell you this, but my grandparents, when uh, my grandfather passed away, he was uh, very, um, very much consumed with taking care of my grandmother. And it turned out he had cancer. We didn't know at first because he was taking care of my grandmother. And um, that accelerated pretty quickly and he passed away. And then my grandmother passed away about a year later. Um, and it's just, it's one of those things I hear that. So, um, but I, I say all this because I was, I was getting, getting to know you and, and learning about that. And I, I wanted to bring it up on here because I think it's, I think it's a, it, it, we, we talk about a lot of dark things on this show, right? And, and death can be dark, right? But the, with things like that, I think we can look at it as such a beautiful, it's so beautiful. Yeah, it's like it's it's like it's like a, a, a putting a bow on a love story, you know? Yeah, and because um, the Bible literally says they be, you become one flesh, and they, I think, in every aspect, literally were they could not live without each other. Like, and she told me that all the time that she hopes that she would die first because she couldn't live without him, and you know, as a baddie old woman i'm like okay yeah sure well then he passed before her and she wasn't lying it was a week later that's why she couldn't it was and she was fine and then all of a sudden like it was just rock bottom it was i mean it was horrible but it was also so beautiful to see how much she loved him as soon as she saw him at the funeral and saw that like it was real you just saw her it's like the life left her body then mm. and she was just kind of like her heart was just beating after that. She wasn't living. She wasn't there anymore. She wouldn't eat. She wouldn't drink. She wouldn't do anything. She just gave up. And it was 
again, horrible, but so, so beautiful to see how much she truly, truly loved him. Mm-hmm. It was, I just hope I have that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I mean, I've been with my wife for 20 years now. We've been married for going to be 17 in June. And, um, you know, like I can't imagine life without her, like literally, um, in fact, I think it would be too much of a project if she passed away for me to even find somebody else. To, to be right. Uh, and so I, I, but I don't think we have to worry about all that. stuff. I, I got a strong inclination that I'm gone around 70 and she's going to have another 20, 25 years without, without me. Cause all the ladies lived to close to a hundred on her side. And it's just like, my body hurts a lot right now. I can't imagine what it's going to be like 30 years from now. So. My husband's 10 years older than me. And he sa- says that all the time. And I'm like, if I die before you, like, I'd want you to find somebody else. And he's like, who are you kidding? I'm dying first. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, probably, but I wouldn't be able to. I, w- I don't know what I would do. I don't do anything. Like he works. He, do- I mean, I take care of the children. I homeschool our kids. I, you know, I take care of like the goats, the chickens i do all that stuff but i'm like other than that like what am i gonna do (laughs) like i don't have any like real sense of the world without him i'm very much a um like a home person and i'm like because he has a twin and i'm like your twin better like take me in or something because (laughs) like a lost dog because i don't know what i'm gonna do if i if you die first yeah that's wild uh listen let's let's before we get too carried away with just chit chatting um we got some good stories for people to hear today uh we're gonna start off with your bigfoot experience and uh we're gonna kind of go through the stuff chronologically um but this kind of navigates through uh bigfoot paranormal stuff happening in the home astral projection um and uh your grandmother's stories. And I don't want to spoil it, but I'm going to let you kind of take it away. You said that uh, we're going to work through it chronologically, which I usually think is best. So I'm going to let you take it away and I'm going to sit back and enjoy talking with you. Okay. If I get too like lost in the weeds on something, feel free to correct me because I, I have it lined out for me here, but I'm also kind of like, I got this, but I don't. So we'll see how it goes. All good. Okay. So I'd say about like six years ago or so, I discovered what podcasts were and I didn't know how they worked. I didn't know like what to look up or uh, names of anyone, but I like paranormal stuff. So I literally just typed in paranormal, paranormal mysteries and there's a podcast literally called Paranormal Mysteries. So I was like, okay. So I started listening to that. Well, then they, um, he shouted out, um, a good friend of mine, Carrie Arnold. And I was like, oh my gosh. And he's from East Texas. And I was like, okay. So I started listening to his stuff on YouTube, loved it. Then he mentioned Wes. So I started listening to Wes and then Wes mentioned you. And that's how I found your stuff. And uh, me and Carrie um, had talked uh, quite quite a few times. And he was the first person that I ever told my Bigfoot experience to because do you ever like lock something in your so far back into your brain that you literally yourself don't think that it's real? That's yeah. what happened to me. I was uh, watching one of his YouTube videos and um, in the beginning, have you ever seen any of them? I've been on the show twice. Yep. Uh, duh. 
<laughs> and uh, it um he has like these pictures of like sasquatch and stuff and there's one i don't know if you remember the specific one but it's standing in a creek and it's like this big like refrigerator sized thing it's just a rectangle of a thing he's standing in a creek and he's looking up and as soon as i saw that picture it's like i got hit in the face and just started having a breakdown because i'm like i had locked it so far back that I didn't even remember it until I saw that picture and it all just came and I had to call Carrie cause I'm like, Oh my gosh. And so I called him and it was like two in the morning and this man answered and <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm out on the, cause he uh, worked in the oil field and he was like, I'm actually out right now. Um, just sitting in a truck. Um, so I was like, I'm sorry. I didn't realize what time it was. Cause at the time I was a heavy drinker. And so I was just drinking, playing games on the Wii <laughs> and, listening to these stories and that happened and I called him. I didn't even check the time or anything. And I apologized. And he was like, no, I'm awake. I'm like on a site right now. So it's fine. So we started talking and it was like, I was telling it to him as I was remembering it. And um, then we talked for probably about two more hours. And then I had to, at that time I was supposed to be leaving for work. And I'm like, well, so I had to get off the phone, but we had been, uh, we had, talked pretty consistently after that. And I told him I didn't want to go on the show because the memory was still so fresh that I didn't want to line it out. And then later it changed because I like remembered something and then be considered or called out as a liar. Cause I don't want it something in like cemented on the internet. If I don't know for sure, if that's the way that it was yeah. laid out. So I've had a lot of time to unfortunately think about it. I mean, it wasn't a bad experience. It was actually pretty um, interesting, but had a long time to like think about it and lay it out. And basically what happened was this. Um, so whenever I was about like seven or so, we, we used to take vacations every year whenever I was little. And my dad always liked to take us to um, like monuments and like historical historically important places like we've been to see the liberty bell like the statue of liberty gettysburg we've been to all these places and my dad really wanted to take us to mount rushmore and of course none of us had ever been and so um he books us it's like the coolest little place they have all these like little cabins and they're pretty secluded from one another but then there's this big kind of camp in the middle where there's a pool and you know the main like check-in desk cabin place and all this stuff so we drive because my dad and from Texas to, I think it's South Dakota, right? It's that drive. it's in? Yeah. Yeah. And my dad, because my dad's a pilot, so he doesn't want to fly. He's like, I've seen everything from the air that there is to see. There's nothing to see. We're going to drive. So we drove and it was okay. But we get there finally after like, gosh, like a week or so. We finally get there. And um, I was always attached to my dad's hip, always, always, always. And so he he went in and I went in with him to check into our cabin and we go in and my dad said, um, you know, we reserved, my name is whatever, we reserved this cabin for this day of just getting the keys. And they were like, oh, well, we had a wedding party or something and the people that um, checked were in your cabin were supposed to check out two days ago, but they extended their stay. My dad's like, okay, well, I'm from Texas. I can't just like turn around and go home. So what are you going to, what are you going to do? And my, the two grandparents that passed away um, that we were just speaking about were with us. And then it was uh, my parents and the four of us kids. 
And they said, well, we have a bigger cabin, like the guy at the desk, we have a bigger cabin um, that we'll give to you for like so much less, whatever. And it'll fit your family. You basically, each of you will have your own room, except for like two of you, which is me and my older sister had to share one, which was fine because we did anyway. And my dad's like, okay, fine, whatever. And then this guy, um, I don't remember like what he is so long. I don't remember what he did or like basically was like, you don't want to, I would get a hotel. And then the guy that told my dad about the cabin kind of looked at him and he was like, well, it, we have room. And he's like, I wouldn't stay there. He's like, we've had a lot of complaints about that place. I wouldn't stay there. And my dad's like, okay, well, I'm not getting a hotel. I've already basically paid for everything. I'm not going to then go stay somewhere else because a hotel, this place was maybe a two minute drive from Mount Rushmore, whereas any like hotels were not as secluded. There wasn't enough, as much room and all this stuff. But I was like, whatever, I don't care. He's like, he doesn't believe in that stuff anyway. He didn't care. So, well, what do you mean believe in that stuff? So, w- was the guy saying that it was like haunted? Was that his, was that his like leaning when he was talking to your dad? I believe so, yes, okay. because he um, basically, whenever he said we've had a lot of complaints, um, uh, just about. So the things that happened to us while we were there were so bizarre, and I've been in. I had basically lived in a haunted house for like four years, and I've never had anything. I mean, I had crazy stuff happen, but the stuff like all of our coats were shoved into a, one bathtub with the bathwater running while we were there. Whenever we came back. All the cereal boxes were out in the front yard, like like not even opened, like the boxes were open and the bags were out. So if you would think if it was like an animal that somehow got into a locked house or no windows open, no doors open, everything was still locked, that they would open the bags and eat the cereal. But yeah. the bags were still sealed. There was no holes in them. They were just out on the front yard, like things like that. And it happened quite a few times. And um, my dad was told that the maintenance man, so there was like our cabin and then there was a basement, but you didn't have to go through the house to get to the basement. The access to the basement was outside and the maintenance maintenance man lived in that basement. And my dad was like, you're not going to let a grown man stay like six feet away from my three young daughters he has to go somewhere else. And they were basically telling my dad, no. And he's like, I am telling you right now, you've already inconvenienced me enough. Like that man needs to go. So that's important. And so anyways, my dad has basically thinks this guy that's telling him you don't want to stay here. is just a nutball. And so my dad's like, and he was um, going to help us with our bags and stuff. So we all, he followed, we follow him on a golf cart up to where we're staying. And we get there and he's helping us with our bags. And he tells my dad, so I'll help you with your bags, but I will not bring them inside. I can set them by the front door, but I won't go inside. My dad's like, yeah, okay, cool, whatever. And so the man just, you know, he's brings them to the door. My dad carries them inside. And my grandpa is standing there with my grandma, just like pointing at the ground and like looking around. And I go up because I'm a nosy little brat. And I said, what are you looking at? And he said, "Um, he didn't talk to me. He talked to the man that was carrying our stuff and he said does that maintenance guy like to walk around barefoot and he was like no he said well what is this and it was probably two inches bigger than my grandpa's foot but it was a bare footprint this was a preview of today's member episode if you want to hear the whole thing head on over to the confessionalspodcast.com hit the join button and become a member today